Welcome to this edition of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. We've got a tremendous lineup for you this week, starting off with our shout-out, where we're going to talk about a couple of local teams that had tremendous success and won some national championships. That's going to lead us into Get Ready, Part 4, where we talk about how you can beat Mother Nature. That leads us into our interview with Donald Marshall of the Firecrackers organization, and we'll wrap it up this week with our coaching tip of the week with Coach Don. So, Don, a couple of big stories this week, a couple of local uh, Atlanta area Georgia teams uh, won some national championships. So we got to congratulate uh, Georgia Impact, sponsored by Patrick Lewis for winning the PGF Nationals, and then also the Atlanta Vipers, coached by William Giles for winning the Triple Crown Southeast Nationals. Um, it's a tremendous week for Georgia softball, for sure, to see them having the success that they're having, and also, I think, hopefully a sign that uh, there's a lot of really good softball being played uh, all around the country. No, I'm, I'm super excited for those groups because winning that last game of the year is uh, really what we all work for and very few get a chance to experience. But, uh, you know, a few years back, five, maybe even ten, uh, just with the excitement and the passion for sports here locally, uh, I predicted that we were going to be giving very, very strong national uh, showings. And um, I'm just really tickled and excited that, uh, that they are winning that final game now. Yeah. Well, I, to me, one of the things that has happened here over the last several years, and, and you touched on this point, is that really good softball is being played in a lot of different places. You know, for the longest time, California and the West Coast were pretty much anointed as the powerhouses of all things fast pitch. And they certainly earned that reputation. And they still have you know tremendous depth and, and tremendous talent. Uh, you see, uh, um, you know, quite a few of the really good teams on the national scene are California. Based, but for us, it's great to see some teams east of the Mississippi. You know, on top of these two Georgia teams, we also had Tennessee Mojo won the 12 and under PGF National Championship last week. So that gives us a couple of teams uh, this side of the Mississippi that are racking up national championships in some very prestigious tournaments. Well, a lot of people don't really realize that uh, fast pitch hasn't been here that that long. You know, I mean, in ninety, nineteen ninety, there wasn't really that much travel ball here and uh, California. California, West Coast, Arizona, all that. They played it forever. And, uh, you know, now that uh, that we've got it here, we've got groups like uh, later we'll talk with Donald. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have a lot of these big time groups that are coming into town and uh, they've got good, good history and I think a good uh, format for success. So it'll be helpful. Yeah. Well, you, obviously Georgia Impact now has been um, striving to be a national championship contender for several years and to see that uh, come true and to see uh, Impact win that national championship in PGF. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game on TV, but it was pretty exciting to see a whole bunch of kids that we know and that we've worked with and had the chance to Locals. follow locally. Yeah. Um, playing on national TV and, awesome. and getting it done in a really exciting game. And then for Atlanta Vipers uh, Giles team to win that Triple Crown Nationals, I mean, it's just it's a really cool thing to see that level of success. Um, you know, kind of a personal story. Um, Kelly Lynch, who was the pitcher for Georgia Impact, I'm very familiar with her story and her family story. Her older sister, Katie, um, I recruited and uh, was on the team uh, when I was coaching at Kennesaw State. 
and uh, got to meet Kelly and, and honestly worked on trying to recruit her a little bit. But I got to know the family really well. They're great people, a very, very strong softball family. And it's kind of an interesting twist because Katie won a national championship with a different Vipers team back several years ago. So you've got the older sister winning a national championship, then the younger sister winning a national championship. And so to see the family having that kind of success. And again, it's a, a little bit of an interesting story, kind of a heartwarming story. Uh, Katie and Kelly both were coached by their father, um, who passed away a few years ago. And uh, to see the passion for softball survive in the family the way that it has and to see the girls having the tremendous success that they've had, um, always with an eye on uh, who their first coach was, is really a heartwarming and touching thing. No, I think that's fantastic for sure that uh, that they were both able to make it to that level. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, Kelly's going to be continuing her career at Auburn University, so we'll get a chance to see her on TV here quite a bit more. But she's got one more year of high school, so it's amazing. Yeah, it'll it'll be a a fun ride. But uh, so congratulations to Georgia Impact, coached by Patrick Lewis, and to the Atlanta Vipers, coached by William Giles, for their national championship success. It's an amazing thing, and we want to say congratulations to everyone that uh, was involved with those two teams. If you have accolades, accomplishments, things that you want to share about your team or your child or anything that you want us to talk about, please feel free to contact us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Coach Don and I are always looking for topics and things that we can talk about, and we'd certainly love to give a little add a baby for anybody who's having success and, and wants us to uh, share your story or share your information. So um, that's our shout-out segment. Coming up next, we've got Get Ready, Part 4, How You Can Beat Mother Nature. Welcome back. Hope everybody enjoyed our shout out section this week. Coming up next, Coach Don and I are going to talk about Get Ready Part 4, which is You Can Beat Mother Nature. We've enjoyed this Get Ready uh, series because I think it's giving us an opportunity to share some common sense things with players, coaches, and parents to help players be ready to perform uh, no matter what the situation is as they get ready on on game day. And uh, so today we're going to talk about beating Mother Nature. Yeah, that's kind of a tricky thing sometimes because, uh, you know, playing in inclement weather is something a little different for everyone. And, uh, you know, we're in the south where our weather's usually pretty good for playing ball. And, um, you know, a lot of folks don't quite have that same luxury. And when uh, when we play against teams from up north, they're typically used to uh, tough weather conditions. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like, especially at that early part of our season here in the spring, um, if we do have have a cold or wet or you know less than perfect day that we have to go compete on that um, I feel a little disadvantaged some years uh, with the groups that we have that uh, you know that we might not be as maybe tough for lack of better term right but, um, well yeah and, and weather is one of those things that you I mean technically you cannot control the weather right. it's going to do whatever it's going to do but I think the point of what we've been talking about with most of this series is that it's not really the challenges it's how you react to it how we and, get ready and how yeah. we prepare for it and if we have a system in place and a way of, of approaching our preparation that allows us to overlook some of those things that we cannot control, that it puts us in a much better position to perform well and to, 
and to have a chance to be successful. And so what can you do when the weather's bad? Well, I think there's a lot you can do. So um, let's kind of work our way through some of these uh, things that uh, we face, some of these challenges that we face, and uh, we'll, we'll come up with some ideas of things that we can do to help make sure that we're prepared as a player, coach, or parent. So number one is rain, those drizzly, drippy uh, days where uh, it's not quite rainy enough that you don't play at all, but it's just rainy enough that it's miserable. Right. That's a little bit tricky, right? We got uh, overcast and you know it's probably going to rain a little bit. Maybe not enough to stop the game, but uh, got to be ready. Yeah. Well, and, and in this day and age, especially for players that are playing in showcase tournaments, my, my impression so far has been that these tournaments are going to go on almost irregardless of what Mother Nature is doing. Um, the, you know, the tournament directors got to get it in. Yeah, they don't want to cancel games. And they certainly don't want to have to refund any money. Um, teams want to play because those college coaches are there at the showcases to see them play. And so they want to grind it out no matter what. So on those rainy days, I think there's some things, though, for you as a player that you can start to think about um, and, and plan for that are going to have you pretty well prepared. Number one to me is um, if you're playing with spikes, obviously on a rainy day, drippy day, you're going to get mud and, and crud and everything else in those shoes. And so one of the first things I would recommend is that you have something that you can use to keep your shoes clean, something to knock that mud out. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say uh, as well to make sure we've got an extra undergarment or undershirt and, uh, you know, obviously socks if we're playing in dry socks. I feel a lot better. I feel fresh, ready to go again. Yeah. yeah. So another thought I had was uh, obviously if the pitcher's out there on a drippy day, she's got a wet ball to deal with. So I'm thinking rosin bags, maybe a little uh, towel that we probably have quote unquote borrowed from the hotel um, so that we've got a, a towel in our back pocket or hanging on. So our we're going to bring it back. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. we're going to bring it back. But they might not want it back by the time <laughs> it gets done at the ballpark. Right. But you know something like that that's going to help that pitcher and any other players that might have trouble with grip uh, to keep their hands as dry as possible, give them a chance to have a, a success with making those plays. Um, something else that's just sort of a common sense thing is I think if you're going to the ballpark on a, on a drizzly, drippy day is to maybe expect that there could be some delays. There might be a rain delay. There might be a lightning delay. There might be something that uh, um, puts you off schedule a little bit. And just as a player to kind of have your mind right and expect that that's going to happen and, uh, and not spending too much energy worrying about, oh my gosh, I can't believe we got this rain delay but instead of uh, worrying about it or, or being frustrated by it to use it as a chance to maybe prepare yourself a little bit more yeah i know we talk about uh, cleats and things you know something to clean the clean the mud or muck from them but uh, you know when we do have these long delays like you said some of the teams have got uh, tarps they're piling up all the bags on a dry part before it starts raining and uh, you know they'll cover the bags in tarps yeah. and uh, you know because dry gloves dry batting gloves dry bat grips are pretty important as well. Yeah, so I would say, you know, you, you know it's likely to rain, so make sure that your equipment is protected as much as possible. If you're lucky enough that you're playing at a field that's got a big enough dugout that your bag and you can be in the dugout at the same time, make sure that your stuff's going to stay dry. Um, you mentioned before the idea of, you know, bringing some spare clothes, maybe some spare socks. I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, unfortunately, though, I think once your shoes get wet, you're kind of in trouble for the rest of the day. Um, but uh, um, but anything you can do to prepare yourself before you get there. And then the last thing that I think is important 
for players and coaches to be thinking about is when it's getting rainy, drippy, um, to continually, consistently be thinking about and reminding yourself of how that's going to impact the way the field's going to play. If you're an outfielder and that grass gets wet, you know that ball's going to skip. If you're an infielder and that dirt gets damp and muddy, you know the ball's probably not going to roll very well. So that you are thinking about the techniques that you need to use to handle those conditions and to be ready to handle it. Get a firm grip when it's wet. And and, and all those things. But again, the rain's going to happen. You're going to play games on rainy days. It's just not, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. And so you can be whiny about it. You can use it as an excuse. You can um, try to find ways to blame the rain for the fact that you didn't play great today. But I think if you use some of these ideas, have yourself uh, prepared for that rain, I think you're going to end up being a better player that day than some of your teammates or some of the players on the other team that maybe are not as prepared as you are. So, Tori, what do you think about this, too? I know uh, in preparation for these tournaments, we have a lot of practice dates, and sometimes we don't want to practice when the weather conditions aren't just right. Uh, we want to keep a safe environment for the kids. How much practice do you think we need to uh, have uh, in those tough days when it is drizzly or when it is cold and um, less than perfect? Do we want to do a lot of practice in that in that environment to be ready? Well, I, my personal opinion is if you would play in it, you should practice in it. Sure. Assuming that, of course, the park not going to lock the gate and keep you from getting on the field. Sure. Um, uh, but if it's uh, uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, it's a dreary kind of day, um, instead of you know falling uh, victim to human nature and thinking, oh, it's so ugly outside, we're just going to take the day off, let's uh, at least have a short practice. You know, maybe get the outfielders out there on that wet grass and hit some balls to them so they can, you know, play that skip and, um, you know, get the uh, feel for how they're going to have to make a play handling that wet ball. The other thing, and this is something that... Uh, um, you just reminded me of a very old coaching friend of mine used to make his pitchers practice with a bucket of water in the bullpen. And yeah. periodically he would make them stick their hand in the water, grab the ball and pitch. Cool. That's controlled. And, and yeah. so that they had that, uh, I guess, familiarity with sure. the feeling of that wet ball in their hands. And in the bullpen, they're not hurting anybody. It's Well, the catchers probably weren't all that happy about no, it. They got to sure, work. Yeah. work on it anyway. Yeah, they, they were getting skipped in and, and, and chewed up a little bit. But I thought that was an interesting you know, angle on you know, preparing your players to be as ready as possible. So, so I think there's lots of things that we can do, but uh, certainly rain's going to be part of the challenge. we got to make sure that we're prepared for it. The next thing, and you mentioned it earlier, is cold. Yeah. And cold is a relative thing. When I coached in Wisconsin and we would come down to Atlanta to play in the spring. I felt like we had a disadvantage every time. And, and you did because to our kids, playing yeah. on a 40 degree day was heaven. And we were whining. And so our kids would, you know, get off the bus, get off the plane, you know, go out there and they'd be just in like short home. sleeves, shorts. Yeah. yeah. But they would argue with us. Now, this is back in the day when, you know, teams wore shorts to play in yeah. and they'd be mad if I wouldn't let them wear shorts on a 45 degree day. Right. Because because, you know, that to our kids, that didn't seem cold. But cold is one of those things that we're going to have to deal with. And there's, again, some common sense things that I think as a player, coach, and parent, you need to be paying attention to. Number one, if it's cold, you need to warm up well and you need to stay loose. You need to stretch and then stretch and then stretch some more because obviously on those cold days, the likelihood of maybe a pulled muscle or, or strain is, is increased. And it doesn't take long to tighten back up. You can be warm, but you got to stay warm. Yeah. You're right. And, and again, we talked about the idea of uh, pitchers and their grip. When your hand's cold, 
for a pitcher, it's almost as bad as if it's wet. So we need to be thinking about ways to help our pitchers with the grip. And again, rosin bag is something that's kind of old school. A lot of young players now, you know, they're just used to, you know, picking up a little bit of dirt or picking up a little bit of chalk and, and you know, kind of rubbing their hands with that versus a rosin bag. But I think a rosin bag is a really good idea. Um, and I think another really good idea is a hand warmer. What about those hot pockets? Yeah, the hot pocket thing. Well, is the hot pocket what something they, you eat? What are they called? No. That's, yeah, I think a hot pocket is like a pizza roll or something. But uh, um, but one of those hand warmers, you, know, you can get them at uh, Walmart or, or uh, uh, you know, Lowe's or any of those places and just pop that thing open and put it in your pants pocket. And in between pitches, put your hand in your pocket, hold that hand warmer for a few seconds, let your hand warm up a little bit. I think anything that's going to give that pitcher a better feel for the ball and a better grip, I think, is important. And I think that those are kind of logical things that, you know, common sense things that are not necessarily common practice. But when we've got big games, we've got tournaments, we've got things, places we want to show well, you know, we got to do all the little things to make it more comfortable and give ourselves the best chance, for sure. Yeah. Well, and one of the other things that is important is to make sure that you're dressing appropriately. Um, the good news is now modern technology, modern science has an awful lot of different gear that uh, players can wear, um, you know, that's lightweight and, you know, and synthetic and feels good to wear, but still keeps you warm. Um, you know, the leggings. You say uh, Under Armour. Uh, well, yeah, we can say Under Armour or uh, Addy Wear or whatever it is. Um, you know, once upon a time when I played, this is how old I am. Uh-oh. We wore um, pantyhose. Okay. We wore thermals up yeah. in Canada. Yeah. We wore thermal. Nice oh, yeah, the, the, big white, uh, right? the big white uh, knit uh, long underwear looking things. We, we had to go two-piece, though, so, yeah. Well, no, I figured you had the uh, with the trap door. <laughs> no, two-piece. Yeah, but uh, uh, but that's how old I am. You know, that was the you know a, like a revolutionary idea that uh, you could go to the store and buy whatever the size was, extra, 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 extra large pantyhose. And, you know, we were all out there on the baseball field wearing pantyhose. You know, it reminds me of that scene from uh, um, Bull Durham where Nuke is, is going to wear the garters because it's going to give him some sort of extra mojo. But it didn't really work that way for us. We were just trying to stay warm. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, another thing is make sure that uh, you've got uh, ear warmers or a hat or something that's going to keep your head warm. Um, you know, I, I know I saw on the Discovery Channel or something that you lose, you know, vast out majority of your body heat out your head. Yep. So let's see if we can't keep some of that in. And then, again, you know. Is it a toucan? toboggan uh it's a hat where i come <laughs> stocking from. cap yeah, it's a cap where i come from but i know you you, you, you know, a lot of people down here in the south call them toboggans it's a toque. yeah so it's it's always something um and then uh, something as simple as if you don't have the hand warmer take a second and, and blow on your hands breathe on your hands a little bit to warm them up so sure. there's lots of things that we can do that I think uh, are really low tech that don't require a whole lot that are going to prepare us and, and help us handle the cold. And we talked a little bit uh, last week about the idea of heaters in the dugout. Um, heaters are a good thing. Just keep them away from the bats yep. or at least too close to the bats. Maybe yep. a little warm is good. Somebody be monitoring it anyway. Yeah, and if uh, if you smell something burning, that's a bad <laughs> Some, sign. Something's burning. <laughs> that's a bad sign. So, so cold is a problem. 
depending upon where you live, cold is a relative thing. You know, I, I watch some games on the Big Ten Network uh, every spring where college teams are playing and there's snow fall, falling in the sky. Um, if you look closely, you can see the snow piles outside the field where they probably shoveled the snow off the field and threw it over the fence. And to those people, cold is different. You know, freezing cold, 32 degrees is something they're going to play in. Down here to us, 50 seems cold. You know, they got the 50 degree rule. If it's less than 50, we stay in. Yeah, that's craziness. <laughs> but anyhow, but so cold weather, be prepared, dress pro- appropriately, and you're going to have a chance to be successful on those days. So now the flip side of that is hot. Depending upon where you're at, hot is a relative thing. Uh, the team I help with uh, just played out in Texas for the uh, USA Gold 18 and Under National Championships, and it was 109 degrees. Texas in July, right? It is hot. I don't care what anybody says, but 109 degrees to me is almost dangerous. Uh, but to me, hot is a different kind of challenge because on top of the fact that it makes it harder to perform, it can also be bad for your health. I mean, heat sure. stroke and, and things it's like real that thing. really, yeah. really happen. And, uh, you know, to see kids, you know, getting lightheaded, kind of doing the rubber leg street kind of walk, like, you know, you can tell that they are really struggling uh, just to be out there playing softball. Looking at you, but they're not looking at you. Yeah, they got that uh, that Blazed. two mile stare. Um, but so there's some things, again, though, if you know it's going to be hot and, you know, we, we preached it and I'm sure everybody else playing that week did, you know, drink water, lots of water, start early and drink as much as you possibly can. Um, again, you know, the idea of making sure that the pitcher's got a good grip when it's that hot and sweaty. So towels and rosin bag, just like if it was a rainy day, I think that's an important thing too. And coaches watching, you gotta, you gotta be looking, watching the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm paying attention to how they look and those kinds of things. Um, make sure that you've got something that's going to try to keep that sweat out of your eyes. So a headband, visor, hat, um, you know, for us old guys that sweat stained hat that's got, uh, you know, that, 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 that salty ring around your head is sort of a badge of honor. But it, uh, to me, it was also an important thing to allow you to help, help yourself play it uh, at the right level. And so, you know, I think anything that's going to help you keep the, the sweat out of your eyes. And then something else that I think is, you know, just a common sense thing, but we want to make sure people are thinking about, you know, having some snacks, having some fruit, having something like that, that you can, you know, nibble on a little bit during the game. When it's that hot, you've got to be burning calories calories faster than you can possibly imagine and to keep yourself replenished um, certainly a Snickers bar would be one choice but to me I think having a a little fruit salad or or something like that that's going to be you know a little bit of uh, have some water in it have some moisture in it and and help you stay energized I think is a really good idea Um, and finally common sense but pitchers go after those hitters on those really miserable days get your team off the field and in the dugout as fast as you can. I know you say you try to do that all the time, but let's make sure that we're understanding that if we can have a 8 or 10 or 12 pitch inning and get back in the dugout and back in the shade, that's certainly good for everybody, including you. So, um, you know, instead of going out there and nibbling and trying to be perfect, let's go out there and let's get after those hitters and see if we can't have a nice 3 out, uh, 3 up, 3 down, uh, 10 pitch inning and, your defense and, work for you. And, and get back in the dugout. So hot's going to be an issue and again, hot is relative. 
Um, but this time of the year, especially for teams coming from more moderate places, I think they need to really be aware of it. Um, but you know, some of the places that you're going to be playing, the most of the national tournaments are going to be in in the hot weather, dry weather places. Again, because the organizations want to make sure that they happen, and so you're going to see an awful lot of events in Texas, in California, in Florida, because those are the places that are most likely to be able to play. Next thing on the list is windy, and I mean anti m anti m windy. You know, like you know something is going to blow it's away windy. Yeah. I don't mean those you know breezy days, but I think that uh, when it's windy, that presents a challenge for us and something that we need to be prepared for. If it's blowing in. For me as a hitter, that tells me something, and it certainly tells me something as a defensive player. If it's blowing out, you got to plan for that ball to carry. And if it's blowing sideways across the field, then it's going to make every ball an adventure. Um, We've played on some days with, you know, 40 mile, 50 mile an hour gusts and a constant 30 mile an hour wind. And I will never forget a ball that got hit that our left fielder called that our catcher caught. That's pretty crazy. Because it went out and up. And it was, I mean, obviously it was a really high ball. But as soon as it got hit, the left fielder was calling mine, mine, mine. And then she started yelling, no, 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 no. (laughs) And it kept blowing and it kept spinning and it kept coming. And by the time it got back down to earth, it was was about 15 feet in front of home plate. Right. And so, um, now is that an extreme example? Yeah, but I think uh, everybody who's listening to this podcast has been on a field where it's been blowing like that. So we played in Emporia, Kansas. Don't. Talk about Emporia, Kansas, Don. <laughs> for a national championship, yeah. and it was windy. That was uh, that was probably as tough a, a wind condition as we'd ever played in. And you know that that year, it seemed that early in the early in the season, we had terrible weather here in Georgia in February and March, and everything leading up to it. So I really think that uh, you know having to practice in the bad weather really gave us a uh, an opportunity to just forget about how bad the wind was and go play because they, uh, you know, we had, obviously we won that year and, um, you know, the kids did great. Yeah, I know you won that year. (laughs) So, uh, but I do think that the inclement weather that we had to uh, endure in practice really helped us to to not not pay much attention to how bad that weather was. Uh, Well, to me, uh, you know, that trip to Emporia stings a little bit because that year we had a really good team. That was when I was still coaching at UW Parkside and and for people who are not aware, uh, UW Parkside and Kennesaw State at the time were two of the very best teams in Division Two. There were a couple other really good teams that were consistently at the Nationals, but we went into that tournament with a record of sixty and four. That's awesome. And a team that had been built completely on power. You know, we had you know eight of the nine kids in our lineup. Probably the lowest home run total of the eight non-slappers was eight or nine. Right. And we hit like a hundred and some home runs. You know, one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty home runs for the year. Just a ridiculous number. And so when we got to Emporia and the wind was blowing, I was praying <laughs> that it was, it was blowing out. out. But unfortunately, you know, the, the games we played, it was blowing straight in. And I think we had about safely 10 or 12 balls at any other day of the year are home runs that all ended up being like warning track shots. See, I think they, they matched those games up so that you guys were hitting into the wind, right? Well, they played all the games on the same field, but I just think they chose the wrong field because it was one of those four diamond, you know, complex so if they had turned it around and instead of the field facing the north, picked the field facing the south, um, we, we might still be playing because we might have never made an out. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's just how crazy it was. But so um, but so it's going to impact you. 
And so you have to be prepared for it. You know, you know, some of it you can prepare for that day, but making sure that your players are communicating with each other. If you're a coach, make sure that you're reminding your shortstop and third baseman that when that ball gets hit, don't assume anything. If, uh, uh, if the ball looks like it's getting hit to left field and it's blowing in shortstop, you can't give up on it because it's probably coming back closer to you than you think. And, and, you know, making sure that the players are communicating and helping each other because when that ball goes up, it might not come down where you thought it was. So as a coach, we may even be hoping for some of those windy days for practice time, right? Oh, absolutely. So we get a chance, yeah. Rather than just calling it off because it's a bad day. Yeah, it's a little breezy today, so I don't, don't want to you know, challenge us too much. So but so wind's going to be another one of those things. And again, depending upon where you're at, um, different times of the year, certain situations, it's going to be much worse and you want to be prepared for it. The last thing, and this is something that we've talked about a couple of times, is the sun. And so the sun's going to be part of the equation when we're playing daytime games. Um, and again, I, I think it's a you know, good thing for us to be thinking about pregame you know, before we leave to go to the ballpark, making sure that we've got that hat, that visor, that eye black, whatever it is that we're going to need to be able to handle a tough sun field. Yeah, that's tricky. And it changes from, you know, obviously throughout the day. So you got to be prepared no matter what part of the day and what fields you end up on. That's got to be a we can take care of that now stuff. Yeah. So so hopefully coaches, parents, players, you've got a little bit better of an idea of how to manage what Mother Nature is going to throw at you. Mother Nature can be beaten. You just have to have a plan and, and have a plan in place that you're going to use no matter what the challenges are. Turn those challenges into opportunities. Be the player who is the most prepared that day for whatever mother nature throws at you and you are going to have tremendous success compared to the people who do not so that wraps up get ready part four we'll continue the series next week coming up next we've got an interview with donald marshall with the firecrackers organization i hope you'll stick around Hey, welcome back to the B. Sampson, Inc. Interior Trim Interview. Today we're joined by Donald Marshall here in the studio. And uh, Donald's going to uh, give us a little bit of the story about uh, his team and his program. And uh, Donald, if you could, just uh, introduce yourself and uh, give us a little bit of your background. Hi, I'm Coach uh, Donald Marshall with the O5 Firecrackers. Um, I've been coaching 17 years in the fast pitch community. Um, myself, I played men's travel ball for 20 years with multiple national championships. Um, I coached with Georgia Power the last two and a half years. Um, four top five finishes and nationals. Um, now moving forward to a national organization. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about why you chose Firecrackers and uh, and a little bit about the pro- about the program that they offer. I chose the Firecrackers for, for what they do for the kids. Um, they're in 27 states. Uh, just recently they announced uh, a Firecrackers Batbusters tournament in Florida um, where they'll be training with the USSA Pride team. Um, those are things that, you know, I can't give to the kids. Um, you know, there's many things that they offer, you know, to our girls that, you know, some of the in-state organizations can't do, which is why I went with them. Yeah. Well, having a national scope certainly is uh, is an important thing. And I would think that uh, by being with Firecrackers, that's also going to open some doors for you for some other tournaments and maybe some other opportunities to play. It's definitely opened the doors for, you know, a lot of a lot of tournaments as well as recruiting. Um, just having the first open workout, I think we had 50 kids and it wasn't really advertised, which is a good showing just because of the name. 
Yeah, well, and I know uh, Firecrackers has been uh, very successful on the national stage. Um, as a matter of fact, kind of a funny story. I met Tony Rico and uh, the Firecrackers crew when that team was first started way back when. And uh, to see how they've developed that into a national brand is is really a very exciting thing. So um, what are some things specifically you think being Firecrackers and associated with Firecrackers is going to do for your team in the short term? Short term, I think it'll definitely help, you know, from a recruiting standpoint for, you know, going to colleges, college showcases and whatnot. The, the thing I really like about them is their family environment. You know, the state director, Scott McDonald, you know, made it a point to come out to the tournament yesterday just to watch some of the girls that were participating in the All-State. So I think they really care about, you know, the progress, you know, of the kids, you know, moving forward, which is another reason why I chose to go there. Right. And now, obviously, most of your kids must have the goal of playing college softball. Um, do you think that the Firecracker name is going to open doors with a different type of college program? Absolutely. I mean, I did my research online with their commitments throughout, you know, the 27 states that they're in. And I, I really, you know, I interviewed with a couple of other organizations as well, and I chose them for that reason. Okay. And so uh, what are some of the goals you're setting for the team for this year? I'm sure you're in the process now of assembling your roster and uh, and uh, planning for the new year. What are some things that you're hoping to accomplish? Basically, my main goal is to make the kids better. Um, I don't base that off wins and losses. You know, we're going to run extensive workouts and hopefully, you know, utilize fast pitch prep to help them, you know, become better um you know i'm not looking at winning tournaments being a first year 14u team my goal is ultimately to make the kids better um and i'm going to judge that basically you know starting off playing the top the top competition you know at the older level and then you know if we play the east Cobb bullets 04 and we lose 10 to nothing in the fall my goal would be to lose six to four in the spring or possibly beat them right and uh so do you have um, a schedule put together yet are you planning on any of the big trips to uh, colorado california any of those kinds of places we're in the process of putting that together this week um we have looked at some of those tournaments as of right now we haven't set um you know a lot of the tournaments because a lot of the directors are actually moving around so we're kind of waiting this week to see what finalizes on that regard we are definitely looking at pgf um, usa and usa elite select very good well and it seems to be uh that there's an awful lot of good choices uh, many of the groups now are offering legitimate national championships so it gives a team a lot of options and a lot of choices so donald anything else you want to share about your team about your program i'm well, just looking forward to getting started you know with with such a great organization well, very good. Well, Donald, we appreciate you taking some time to come in here and uh, visit with us in the studio. That interview was part of the B. Sampson, Inc. interview. B. Sampson, Inc. is your interior trim specialists. They do post and beam ceilings, crown molding, built-in bookcases, custom closets, and doors and windows. B. Sampson, Inc. will meet or surpass any of your woodworking needs. They're located in Loganville, Georgia, and the phone number there is 404-569-5034. Donald, thank you very much for your time.
Thanks again to Donald Marshall from the Firecrackers organization for coming into the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio. Here is Coach Don with his coaching tip of the week. Hey guys, yeah, we want to make sure that when we're doing our training that we uh, we talked last week about doing some underloading, but we also too want to do some uh, weighted bat swings and uh, also to some maybe some resistance uh, tee work where we're hitting balls that are a little bit heavier than normal. Uh, some people use deflated volleyballs or deflated basketball, soccer balls, things like that, but uh, things that have air in them, I'm not really fond of, but I do like like a clincher or a, a, even it could be even a 12 but a 14 or 16 inch clincher ball which and so, so just to help everybody figure a clincher is an old it's like a, a, a old squishy it's like a big sock, sock ball. ball yeah it's like a sock ball so it's uh it's heavier and it gives you some resistance but it uh but it also is a little bit heavier and you have to hit through it so if you're gonna do some t-work with that you've really got to power through and we hear uh, um, you know a lot of people complain about you know stopping at contact and not hitting through the ball, but this gives them an opportunity to uh, actually have to push and, and power through uh, their tee work. So that's something that we want to make sure that everybody tries to include in their routine. And, uh, you know, not everybody does it. And if it has to be with something uh, that has air in it, that's fine. But a little, uh, little, little air out of it, though. Yeah. A lot of times I, f- I feel like that actually bounces or, or rebounds the bat off of that, uh, you know, off of that item. Um, more so than a sock type ball, something squishy and, and heavier. And you've got the total control balls. Um, they're okay. I'm not a super, super fan of them, but if that's what you got, those are good. We got to hit through them. Yeah, I, I like the mule balls, the the red squishy ones. Sure. Um, and and uh, they're, they're made by a company called Mule Tech. Now, if you want to laugh your off, try searching Mule Tech on Google. Uh oh. Because if you don't know how to spell mule, you go to a website. Is it H? Yeah, it's M U H L is mule ball. But <laughs> if you type in M U L E tech, you get this site with this guy with a whole bunch of mules, like running sure. all this stuff on his farm. It's right. hilarious. Right? But anyhow, but I like the mule balls because you, you do feel you know, the, it's got resistance. enough give to it that you feel the resistance of driving through it. Yeah. So we want to make sure that, uh, you know, that we're trying to teach the kids to, to hit through, not hit to the ball. And uh, that's a good opportunity for them to, uh, to work on that. So try. Try and include that in your workout if you're able. Uh, those balls are a little bit expensive. I think they're um, very durable for what we use them for, and I think that'll uh, that'll help all our hitters. Yeah. Well, thanks, Don, for that coaching tip of the week. That wraps up this episode of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. Congratulations again to Georgia Impact, coached by Patrick Lewis, and Atlanta Vipers Giles for their recent success winning those national championships. We finished up another segment on Get Ready, Beating Mother nature we're going to finish up the series on get ready next week when we talk about how pressure brings opportunities we had a tremendous interview with donald marshall with the firecrackers organization and coach don another great job on that coaching tip of the week this week thanks everything fast pitch is geared towards growing the game of fast pitch softball as always we're looking for your suggestions ideas comments stories accolades anything that you would like us to share please feel free to contact us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com. We will reward you with a Fast Pitch Prep t-shirt, and we would love to share your story. If you're a former player and you want to talk about your recruiting experience, that'd be tremendous. If you're a coach and you've got questions, ideas, suggestions, let us know and we will get to it 
it and answer whatever we can. If you're a parent and you have questions, ideas, or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. We're here to answer and help this game grow. If you have any suggestions at all, please contact us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Thank you very much. 